You're listening to the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. I'm your host, Arden Cartret. This space is meant to be a tool for you to feel less alone and to learn more about how to get through what you've been through and what you're probably going through. We'll hear diverse stories from women and men in the online space, experts, and people just like you and me who are feeling the effects of miscarriage and loss in real time. This is the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. Podcast or no? Not really. I don't think so. Okay. It's just really your space to share your miscarriage story and, um, yeah, that's really much it. It's not like some big professional deal. So whenever you're ready, you can start wherever you feel the beginning of your journey is. Okay. Um, so beginning of my journey, I think, I think would have to begin when I met my husband, Trevor. Um, I mean, obviously this is <laughs> our entire journey together, but um, yeah, because I never really wanted kids before that. Like I never... I never really like had a connection to children. I wasn't around like kids much growing up or anything. It was always just me and my older brother. And I really didn't have the desire to have kids. And then I met him and I could, I could see like what a good, like I had a really good dad. So I don't mean to say that, but like I could see in him what I wanted, like a partner to be and like a dad to be. And I was like, this could be so fun. And it was like immediately when I thought of it, I didn't think anything negative or bad about pregnancy or like having a baby. It was always like, I can't wait. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be so fun. Like, let's do this, you know? And so when, um, when he like, can you hear him? (laughs) He's like waking up and tooting. (laughs) He has the sleepy eyes. That's what my son gets whenever he's like just woken up. Yeah. He wants to touch everything. I'm going to give him really quick and then I'll come back. Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. You're totally fine. Um, But like I was saying, um, it really began like when we started like talking about having kids, it was always like a good time. Like we were just like fearless about it, I guess you could say. And like, as soon as we decided, we started trying and I immediately got pregnant, which I didn't know how fortunate I was at the time, but I just like kind of delved into it. And um um within the like couple days I wanted to tell my parents because I was like so excited like we were so excited when we got the pregnancy test like I got the um positive pregnancy test on April Fool's so I was like we have to tell everyone today and Trevor's like we can't tell everyone the day we find out like let's soak it in and I'm like no we have to tell everyone and we were just like really excited and um we were already like joking around and talking about things and we ended up telling my parents the next day um I went and picked out like outfits for them and then I got outfits for his parents because it was the first grandchild on both sides and so they were like so excited and um Trevor took off work and we went to my first ultrasound and uh everything like looked great and we actually heard the heartbeat which was super cool. And it was just like the best feeling in the world, you know, like, um, and I mean, like I was just soaking it in, you know, like I was like oblivious at the time. I didn't really like look into like anything about pregnancy. And so, uh, I remember going home and like, we had just bought a house. So like, I was like, 
completely ready to do the nursery and like get everything together and everything like that. And um, then we went to the 12 week scan, which they have like a test that you go in for uh, to make sure like abnormalities and everything like that. So I went in and they actually wouldn't allow Trevor in at that time, like when they do, like when they first look at everything. So I went in alone and he was in the waiting room and she was like looking at everything and she was like, just sitting there like staring at it. And I just felt in my gut, like, I don't know, I could just read people's faces, you know, like I could just see it. And um, I was 12 weeks at the time. And my last appointment before that was at seven weeks and like five days. And that's when I heard the heartbeat and everything was fine. And um, she was like, oh, so you're nine weeks along because you're a little early for this appointment. I was like, no, I'm 12 weeks. She was like, oh, okay. And she got up and she was like, I'll be right back. And I just like knew. And I like got up and I was like, there's just a sinking feeling in my stomach. And I started pacing back and forth. And it was like, I could feel it. And I just wanted my husband, Trevor, to be there. And he wasn't at the time. And I was like freaking out. And I was like, I need to get out of this room. And she walked in and I was like already on the verge of tears, but I didn't want to cry in front of a stranger. <laughs> and so I just like, was like, what's wrong? And she's like, oh, nothing's wrong. You just need to go upstairs to see another doctor. And so I like try to calm myself down. I'm like, nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong. And I remember walking in the waiting room and as soon as I seen Trevor, I just like started breaking down. I'm like, start crying. And he told me everything was fine. And he was like, they're just sending you upstairs to another doctor. Like, they're just probably gonna tell us something like it's fine. And I just knew it wasn't fine. I was like, why would they be sending us upstairs then, you know? <laughs> so um, I went upstairs and we're like sitting there waiting and I'm like trying to hold myself together and the doctor walks in. And the first thing he says is, um, so what do you wanna do? And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do I wanna do? And I mean, I knew in the back of my mind but I just couldn't believe that that's like the way the doctor was telling me, you know? like. It really didn't feel real at the time. Like everything, it was like, everything was like at a standstill. Like everything was paused. And like, it was like, I was like observing it from an outside perspective. It was very weird. And I couldn't like emotionally like handle it at the time. Like I couldn't process anything. And he was like, well, your baby's dead. So do you want a DNC or do you want the pill? And it was just very, very like blunt. And I just looked at like Trevor and I just started bawling and he's like, I'll leave you two alone to like talk about your options oh and he walked gosh. out <laughs> and I was just like I didn't know what to do you know I did, like it was like really like unreal <laughs> and um, <clears throat> um yeah so uh he didn't even like now 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 that I've done the research now that I know everything like not everything, obviously, I still don't know anything. Like, I still have so much to learn all the time. But now that I know a lot more than I did, um, I realized like there were so many more options in the term of like, I could have did it naturally or seen what my body was going to do. Or like, I could have gotten a second opinion. Like, I don't know if that would have made it better. Like, you know, it doesn't make it any easier. My baby was three weeks behind. It's not like, you know, it would have grown or started growing, but it's just like, at the time, it was like, I didn't even get the option to process. And it wasn't even like things were explained to me what was going on. It was just like, 
you know, what do you want to do? There's a pillar of surgery. And so to me, it was like, I didn't do any research. And I just said the pill because I, I, hospitals are scary. And I didn't want to go into the hospital at the time. Like, I'm like, I just want to go home and process what's happening. And, um, I remember, uh, I wasn't crying or anything when I left the, like when we went in the parking lot and my husband asked, like, he's like, do you want me to stay with you or do you want me to go back to work? And like, I knew he was processing too. And I was just like, you need to go back to work. And <laughs> like, that was probably like really dumb. <laughs> and so I just went home and, um, you know, cried a lot. And like, I mean, I'm kind of like spiritual and I sat there and like screamed at God and like asked him why me and why is this happening to me? And why would he do this if he cared and loved me so much? And just like, you know, like I just blamed myself. I'm like, I was sick three weeks ago. Was that it? Like, you know, like, um, I remember the weekend before I found out I was pregnant. Um, I drank a glass of wine because like, I was just enjoying dinner and I had a glass of wine. I was like, is that it? You know, like all the silly reasons, which I mean, I couldn't blame myself, but especially like having a missed miscarriage and having, I mean, I had the baby inside me for like three weeks and I didn't even know it like died, you know? And that really messed with my head because I was like, did like, why wouldn't I know? Like, why wouldn't I have that feeling? Like, I don't know. I hear stories now about, like the girls who like felt the light go out for their babies and I'm like why didn't I feel that like you know and it just like made me like question like if I like was I ready and all this stuff and it was just like a very emotional time in my life um and uh and my HCG levels did not go down um for a very long time but I took the pill. Sorry, I'm getting off track. You're just totally thinking good. about it. Okay. Yeah, you're totally good. <laughs> um, but I took the pill and I, like when he gave me the pill, he like, when he walked in and he asked what I wanted and I said the pill so I could go home, he was like, okay, it's going to be like minor. Like you should just feel like cramps and um, there should, it should be like a regular period. So if you bleed through two tampons, then you need to go to the hospital and all this hold on stuff. tampons so yeah, you said that's that you what he said. tampons yes. and instead of saying a heavy period which is already an understatement he said a regular period yes a man that doesn't have a uterus does not shed his lining every month exactly and he was like he said it wasn't gonna be he said there was gonna be minor pain like period pain oh and my um so which i mean already like you can't even relate it to period pain because so many different women have so many different types of periods. And it's like, how can that even be a broad generalized statement, you know? But anyway, so I went home and I took the pill and I'm like sitting there alone because my husband's at work and I'm sitting on the couch and suddenly I just like feel like cramping, like period pain or whatever you want to call it. And um, I'm just like, okay, this is very, very uncomfortable. And I'm just sitting there and I just like curl up in a fetal position. I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to sit here. And so I turn on a movie or something. And I think at the time, I know you're obsessed with Gilmore Girls, so am I. And so I was watching Gilmore Girls and um, 
And then suddenly like I sit up to get a drink of water or something. And not only is it like the most painful thing, but like suddenly like a waterfall of blood, like so much blood just comes out of me and I stand up and so much more. And I just start freaking out and I run to the bathroom and I, I'm just sobbing and more blood just is spilling out of me. Like it's, it's like horrible and it's like agonizing pain. And I didn't know I wasn't expecting it. And it was very, it was not okay. And I immediately called my husband and he came home from work and he just like held me as like for hours, like hours upon hours, like blood spilled out of me and it was like it was the most traumatizing thing I've ever been through I did not expect that and I called like uh the hospital and or the emergency room and they told me they couldn't give me any advice on the phone and if I was uncomfortable then I just need to come in and I just felt so alone and I didn't know what to do and um about four or five hours in it's like nighttime and I'm still on the toilet and blood is still pouring out of me. And I'm still just like hunched over on the toilet while blood's still like in like a fetal position, but like sitting, you know? And I'm just like trying to like, I just don't want to stand up or go anywhere. And I'm still like crying somehow. And then um, I look down because suddenly like it becomes super painful, like more than I can even like stand and I'm like screaming and crying. And I look down and I can see like my baby and like this overwhelming like shame and guilt and just like sadness and just all these emotions that I can't even comprehend um, just poured out of me. And I just like reached over and I just flushed. And as soon as I did that, it was like all the emotions times a thousand. <laughs> um, it was like suddenly that guilt and shame just like multiplied and I couldn't handle it. And I'm just like, it, it was like the pain didn't even matter anymore because my emotions like just were so overpowering. And that's all I could think about was like, I just flushed my baby down the toilet. And um, I, I mean, I went back to that moment like a thousand times because especially um, as I'm like, online and looking at the babies who have like or the moms who have like buried their babies and like been able to say goodbye and just like had that moment like oh my gosh I relived that moment a thousand times and each time it's horrible because I just feel so bad and I know it's not my fault and I couldn't I mean it really in the grand scheme of things I don't know how much it would have helped but it was a lot and um I mean, the pain went on for like days and um, I had another appointment. Oh, and then, so three days later, I was still bleeding heavily. And um, so I went to the emergency room because I think this happened on like a Friday. So I waited the weekend and then on Monday, I was still bleeding like a lot. So I went to the emergency room and um, my husband was at work when I went. And so I called him and he was like, okay, I'll head over there. And um, I went into this like area in the emergency where like they have like curtains and like blocked off beds and there's like tons and tons of people. And it like, 
people like with wounds and who are sick and there was people on stretchers, you know, and I was just like, this is so odd. And I don't know if that's how every like room in the emergency is, but it was very, very weird. And um, they sat me down in a chair that had blood in it. And I'm like, this is disgusting. And I like, and the, the, like, I called my parents, my dad, who was out of town at this time. And I told him and he's like, that's one of our nicest hospitals in town, you know? So like, I felt okay going there at first and then um so I explained to the person who checked me in what was going on she's the one who sat me down it was like dried blood so like I just like didn't say anything and I felt really awkward because I had blood pouring out of me and I didn't like you know so I'm just like whatever it's not going to change anything just more blood added to this chair and um so then uh I explained to like four different people what had happened and what was going on and how I was just profusely bleeding and experiencing pain and it just wasn't going away. And um, a doctor finally came up to me after like an hour of being there and after explaining to like four different people. And he's like, so when did you get your abortion? And I'm like, it just like really hit home. And, uh, I didn't get to make that choice. And if I would have made that choice, that would have been different, but I didn't get to make that choice. So I felt like no one was listening to me and no one was understanding what I was personally going through. And uh, I explained how I didn't get an abortion, even though that was a, a no now that it's a medical term it, when you go through miscarriage. And um, yeah, and so he was like, well, bleeding's gonna happen when you go through that kind of circumstance. and. I was like, well, I was told if it goes through two tampon, it's been way more, it's been for four days now. And I think like something's wrong. And um, so uh, they hooked me up to an IV this whole time. And I went through like three bags of like, just like saline um, because I was dehydrated, I guess. And then they took me into an ultrasound room which was very weird. There was like a man on a stretcher who was like 90 years old screaming out for help for like 10 minutes and no one was coming. And I finally get to the ultrasound and uh, she's like, oh, you're here for an ultrasound? Awesome, how far along are you? <laughs> oh my gosh, like read the chart. Literally, that's it. It's just like, does nobody read their freaking charts? Like, I'm so confused. But uh, yeah, I was it was blowing my mind. <laughs> I have more like medical etiquette from watching Grey's Anatomy than the doctors at this hospital. Exactly. That's insane. Like, haven't you seen at least one season of Grey's Anatomy? Like I thought that was basic human knowledge. Like, but yeah, so then, so two girls who are like, who are younger than me. And I mean, I'm, I'm 25. So, I mean, I consider myself pretty young and two girls who were younger than me sat there and they were doing a transvaginal ultrasound and they're just waving the wand inside my vagina not even realizing how traumatic that is in essence and it, it went on for 45 minutes until I'm like literally like crying and finally one of them is like are you okay and I'm like I just don't understand what's taking so long and one of them walks out of the room gets another um, nurse or doctor or ultrasound tech, whatever. And she comes in and she like 
waves the wand around for like 30 seconds and she's like oh you're all good I don't know what they were doing and I'm like what do you mean I've been in here for 45 minutes and I just like left they like prescribed me pain medication which I didn't even like like it's like I don't know the pain wasn't going away <laughs> and um yeah so then a day after that I went back to the doctor did another transvaginal ultrasound and it was in the it was the same doctor that walked in and told me like what do you want to do and he was like so as soon as I laid down on the ultrasound it was like PTSD like I started sobbing and then he like sticks the wand in for the transvaginal ultrasound and he's like waving it around and I'm like literally like in a like I'm like crying my eyes out because I can't even look at the screen because I mean like the I mean, I've just like been through like a lot and I was just like sad. And, um, and he's like, you need to look at the screen. You need to see that everything's cleared out. Look at the screen. And I'm sobbing and he's like, I look at the screen and he's like, thank you. Look at, it's all cleared out just so you know. And he's, he takes it out and then he walks out and he's like, all right, she'll get your paperwork. Have a good one and walks out. And <laughs> I tell the nurse, that I need to talk to him because I don't think I can go back to work because in the condition I'm in. <laughs> and um, he comes back in and he's like, women typically go back to work after three days. I think you're fine to go back to work. And Dude, oh my gosh, people cannot see me, but like I am freaking <laughs> out. Like my jaw <laughs> has been on the floor, like half of this. This is why men should not make decisions on women's health care. No. I'm saying it here. I agree. I, yeah. Oh my gosh. um, Please tell me you complained to somebody about this person. I have not. And yeah, so he ended up being my doctor later on too. Um, (laughs) And uh, so I was through Kaiser at this point. So there were not many like, like there was like, for there's four doctors to deal with like miscarriages I guess and like that section of pregnancy and then there was only like three emergency doctors like for complications in pregnancy so um yeah so then I go home uh oh so he 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 basically like made fun of me like for like wanting to like get some time off of work and there was definitely like smirking involved and I was just like, not okay. <laughs> I went in the parking lot and I just freaked out a little bit. Um, and then, uh, so we continued to try for months and I went online. I found all these women who said that they got pregnant like immediately afterward, which is amazing for them, but did not work for me at all. <laughs> and so, um, I went in about five months after I had the miscarriage um, and found out that my HCG levels were not dropping. Like I still had like 20 HCG after like five months. And um, so they didn't like, I don't know if I had like a chemical miscarriage and I just like didn't realize or what, like, but like it still wasn't dropping. And so then they said that they were going to retest me like two months later. And so I went home and two months later, I found out I was pregnant. 
So, um, yeah, during this time, I actually found you, which was like really helpful, uh, at the time because like, I believe right around this time, it was like, um, when I found out I was pregnant again, it was December of 2019. So were you pregnant at that time? Or did you December have December of 2019? I was pregnant. I was pregnant with Cameron. Yeah. So I was like, she's pregnant. Like maybe I can be pregnant too, you know? So it was like a little bit of hope. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, then I found out I was pregnant and I was supposed to deliver the baby I lost December 7th. And I found out I was pregnant on December 1st. Um, wow. so I told everyone on December 7th, like, I was like, I know you were expecting your Christmas present on December 7th, but it's going to arrive August instead. <laughs> like, sorry. <laughs> um, but it was so weird. Um, it was like, it was a really weird transition to be pregnant again. Uh, and I don't know. It's just like such a weird, I don't know if anyone's ever ready for that. Like after losing like a baby and then being pregnant again, like, I don't know how long is the right time because it was just like an insane feeling and it felt like everyone was like nervous or just like it wasn't the same as the first time and like I knew what could go wrong so it was very scary um and I went in and they would only do a urine test at first and I was like scared and they wouldn't do an ultrasound because I was only like six weeks and they said I needed to wait till 12. <coughs> and so I at least um, wanted to test my HCG levels and they weren't like letting me test my HCG levels. <coughs> Sorry, even though like, I wish I had water, um, but they weren't letting me <laughs> test my HCG levels, even though I really wanted to, because the, ver- the first time um, they were lower than like average that the internet says so in my head I'm like if the HCG levels are right then this pregnancy is gonna last you know like it's gonna be okay if like the HCG levels are right and um I had to like complain to a bunch of people to finally get my HCG levels tested which I just think is silly like just do it like I paid 20 bucks very silly literally like they just take my blood like it takes two seconds like it's no big deal I'm paying for it like just do it it's my body um, but anyway, um, so they like finally did it and then, uh, they're like, yeah, it's completely normal. And the numbers were like way higher. So I was like very excited. And, um, then like, I got my ultrasound done and, uh, everything was good. And I just remember after like hearing the heartbeat, I just went into the parking lot and I just started bawling. Cause I'm like, now I know what can go wrong, you know, like, I heard the heartbeat the first time and something still happened. Like, you know, like it's still going to go wrong. And, uh, I mean, nothing happened, but like the whole time I was just living in fear. Um, it was really unhealthy and, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, I stopped working after like four months in, five months in and the whole time I was still freaking out. Like, cause yeah, I thought the first time, like, maybe I worked too much, and that's why I miscarried, so I'm like, okay, I'll just, like, not work and see if that helps, like, it did not, and so I think at, um, I was, like, seven months, I was, I was, like, 30 something weeks, 30, 30 weeks, I think, um, when I went in, 
and my blood pressure was like so high like it was like 150 over um 100 or nine no 150 over like uh I think it was like 80 or 90 and so uh they tested my urine I was negative for preeclampsia and uh I then so but then they they sent me over to the emergency room and uh they did like a test for like they monitored me for like six hours and this is during COVID, so no one wasn't al allowed with me. So uh, I was all by myself and they were monitoring me the whole time. They found out I had gestational hypertension and uh, I did not see a doctor the whole time during that, which I also think is like super weird. Um, and obviously I'm gonna be freaking out more <laughs> if it's COVID and I'm not allowed with anyone with me, but like, I don't know. It was just very odd because anytime I was at home, my numbers were normal. So I just have, like a feeling it was because of the medical like field and like the situation I was going into every time yeah and um so anyway they say I have gestational hypertension and then they put me with the doctor that told me I miscarried um oh, Louise like you cannot catch was, a break with this doctor no and it was <laughs> horrible because it's like flashbacks and very weird and I have gestational hypertension, which means I have high blood pressure. And it's like, every single time I'm going to go see this doctor, I'm going to have high blood pressure. Like, I can't help it. You know, like, this is just, it's scary. And I don't want to be around him. And I remember I asked for a different doctor and they said that he was the only doctor at that time who could deal with like complications in pregnancy. Um, because one of the other doctors was out of town and one of the other doctors was fully booked for like months. Um, so it was very weird. Uh, he was like fully set on induction and all that. So it was like, it was just all decided for me. And I just hope that like, I can one day redeem my birth and like the pregnancy situation and what happened. And I actually like started a podcast too, um, about like, to like try to help women, like same as you, like just share stories about their births and stuff and like just things like that and I feel like I just question my own identity with my miscarriage so much like it's just like I don't know if I'm doing enough I don't know what if what I'm doing is like helping people or not and it just always feels like I'm like chasing something and I don't know what and I don't it's just like very weird it's very very weird to go through miscarriage and like feel so connected to something and then just not and no one understands except like a ton of women do and <laughs> it's very weird I relate a little too much <laughs> so you're so you were induced at 30 weeks um I was induced at 37 weeks oh, I was induced at 33 um but I went back to the hospital and they monitored me and they basically said like I was on bed rest for the rest of the time. I wasn't allowed to do anything. Um, I had to like just stay in bed and not do anything until we reached 37 weeks. And then at 37 weeks came and um, uh, they didn't have a bed in the hospital. So I waited like two days and I was like freaking out those two days because I, I was told the date and then I'm like, <laughs> it's never going to happen. I'm going to be pregnant for the rest of my life. Like, this <laughs> sucks. And um, when I got in the hospital, 
they actually gave me Cytotech and they didn't tell me what it was. They were just like, oh, this is what we normally give people who like are induced. And then I looked it up and I found out it was the same stuff they gave me for the miscarriage. And it was really weird. And I started freaking out because I'm like, I don't want to harm this baby at all. And I don't know if what I'm doing is harming this baby. And it just like really freaked me out. Um, but then he was born and he was seven pounds, no NICU time. So I feel like really fortunate in that aspect and everything was like really healthy. Um, and they did like do skin on skin, like immediately. And I just held on to him for like an hour before I gave him back. And like, um, I did ask for my placenta and they like, wouldn't let me take it. Um, which was really weird. Like, that is weird. he asked me like why I wanted it. And I was like, I don't know, like, and I made some joke and I was like, I don't know, probably to like eat or something. And, and he was like, if you're going to do that, you just should eat liver instead. And I'm like, okay, I just don't even know what's happening. And um, he's like, people who keep their placentas are as weird as people who wait to wash their kids. And I'm How like, are those two even similar? And I'm like, what the heck? This is so odd. This is just the oddest thing. That's the thing. most judgmental person in the world. I know. And like, it was just very weird. Like one of the nurses when I was giving birth was like, I was like starting to freak out and I had an epidural, but it wore off at the time. Cause I was like, I was in labor for like 43 hours. So it was like a really long time. And um, yeah, so I'm like kind of in pain. So I'm yelling and the nurse just looks at me and just tells me that the person next, the person in the room next to me didn't even have an epidural and they're not screaming as loud as me. So, <laughs> and so I was very confused and just weirded out by all the like medical care and talking to so many women, I've realized like, this is normal. It's not okay. What? Wait, what? <laughs> but, but it, like, okay. If that's normal them- to people, like if people have that experience, that is not okay. That's like it's it, I guess it, it might be a California thing I don't know but like all the women I've talked to like they all have like had their own situations in medical care that are very similar and not okay situations and it's just I mean a, a, a friend of mine a girl I know and um personally she like she just went in because she has twins but then she went in again because she has cysts and when she has pre- when she has pregnancy and then made the incision in the wrong place and then came back and he was like oh I thought I felt a cyst up there and she's pregnant again and so like it could have like harmed her baby and then they weren't giving her an ultrasound to like check on her baby after they made the incision in the wrong place she said she's the same hospital as you went to or no it's a different totally different totally different oh my gosh (laughs) like I mean I've definitely had interactions with doctors and and my um my cytotech experience is a lot like yours and my hospital experience three days after taking cytotech was a lot like yours um where I have very similar reactions but nothing like like your birth experience it's so horrible did you on your podcast did you talk about your birth story um see that's I don't know if I'm like what I'm doing is correct. I just like always question myself about everything in life, but uh, I never told my actual story and I debated doing it, but 
I just like choke up every single time I even talk about it. And I think that's sort of unhealthy if I'm going to do a podcast about people sharing their story, because then I also like share it when others are sharing their story. And I don't know if that's like the right route to take, um, because I always want to like provide space for like women to talk about their own story without feeling interrupted. But I love like connecting with women and sharing the similarities because I know you shared your story in the first episode of your podcast and um it was crazy like I was just listening to it and like you said we have a lot of similarities in that aspect and it was like I was like reliving things and I'm like this is crazy like how much stuff we both went through that we didn't have to go through and we shouldn't have had to go through you know like it's just a wild thing to like realize like other women have been through like so much horrible stuff and we're just like still trucking on and just like still doing cool things and yeah we're still like trying to create like a whole persona of like beautiful parenthood and mothers and everything like that and it's crazy it is no it it really is um and i would love if you want to share the name of your podcast and where people can find it and find you to connect with you if you want to give all that information yeah um so my podcast and my page and everything is called project plum um because we named my baby plum um and coincidentally like at 12 weeks it's the size of a plum which we didn't even know and I mean, wow. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, uh, we planted a tree in Plum's honor and yeah, so it just lives on through her and we, my husband had a dream that it was a girl. So <laughs> we always say her, but um, yeah, so Project Plum is the name of the podcast and the name of the little Instagram community. But honestly, I just try to connect women who have been through similar situations. And I think like your platform is so helpful to so many women. So it's awesome. Yeah. Well, and I agree that like, it's great that you're doing that with motherhood. I just followed you back because, and that handle was really, um, it seemed really familiar. So I'm, have we messed, oh, we messaged before or no? I messaged you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. No, no, you're fine. You always say you have like a bajillion messages and it stresses me out that I don't get back to everybody. Okay. Well, I just followed you back. So now your messages will go straight into my inbox, but, um, your handle sounded so familiar. Well, yeah, I do. Like I am like active in your community and I have like, um, joined, I mean, I didn't speak at all because I was like cleaning my house and I had the baby on my hip and I just like, he's like babbling the whole time, but I joined a clubhouse conversations before. Oh, nice. nice. So that's probably where like, because it's a lot smaller of a community. So you've probably seen. Them. I've been yeah. really liking clubhouse. You'll have to, whenever you too. have the moment, like where you don't have a baby crying and screaming, <laughs> you know, come up and talk with us. Cause I love those conversations. They're so personal and they go all over the place and it's just really fun I feel like it's way more like personal I totally I like it so much better than Instagram yeah same same and it's just so much more of people who actually like want to communicate with each other instead of just people who like say comment walk away (laughs) yeah or like post a picture of an outfit and you know things that don't really matter as much you know yeah Yeah. I want I want to connect with people I don't want to Mm -hmm know what you're buying at Target. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. And um, I'll definitely 
talk to you on Instagram and clubhouse and all those things, but I'm going to go and subscribe to your podcast because a birth story podcast is, it's so needed. I think, um, whenever I was going to give birth, I knew that they were going to give Cytotech for my induction. And I had hours of conversations with my medical team because I was like, that's not going to happen. You're not going to do that. (laughs) And so they actually explained to me the way the medication works and how it's a less of a dose for full-term birth and that the dose for miscarriage is like four times what they give you. And I'm like, well, why would you send me home with something that's four times giving birth to like a seven pound baby? Yeah. Yeah. And that was just wild to me. And so I would, I was prepared for that, but like other parts of birth kind of surprised me, but you know, also childbirth after a miscarriage is triggering. It's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and the recovery is hard. And so talking about it's really important especially when you like see like blood or anything like that it's like crazy the first time you see blood again it's a very weird feeling (laughs) we could do a whole other episode on um postpartum after a traumatic loss because i have tons to say yeah so i mean yeah everything. i invite you back anytime to talk about that (laughs) (laughs) for sure (laughs) but yeah we'll connect again (laughs) okay sounds good i hope you have a good evening You too. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, no problem. Bye. Bye.